too. Make me some food, cause I wanna eat soon. Just stop, cause I'm really hungry. Stop, I can hear my tummy. Look in the fridge and let lunch keep us together. Hello and welcome to Let's Do Lunch with me, Jenny Tishi. I'm a registered nutritionist and today we're going to be joined by the fantastic Megan from the House of Tasty. So this podcast is all about food and nutrition and we talk about all sorts of subjects. I am a real foodie at heart and I have a feeling that today's discussion is going to make me feel really hungry. It is called Let's Do Lunch for a reason. We do talk about food around the time most people are going to be getting a little bit peckish. So um, let's kick off and find out about today's guest. So, Megan, um, I mean, I asked this bluntly, but who are you and where do you come from? <laughs> Hi, um, so my name's Megan. I'm originally born and raised in Maidenhead. Local. I've lived in Marlow for nearly three years now. Wow, okay, this is fantastic. And so, have you always done what you do or is this a new thing? Nope, this is completely new. Um, I didn't see this path happening at all. <laughs> I love this. Do you know, I just did a post this morning on um, LinkedIn, which was all about exactly this because yeah. I said, um, I mean, I've had children and I set out my birthing plan. And it didn't go according to plan. Set out a business plan and it didn't go according no. to plan. You've just got to be flexible, <laughs> haven't you? Oh, yeah. I think I've realised just making plans, they, yeah, yeah, they don't really go to Best plan. Best plans. Especially <laughs> in life. Um, since I left school, the whole college, university, job, this, that kind of went out of the window when I decided not to go to university and went travelling instead. So ever since doing that, I've just realised in life with work and stuff, I just do just make my plan up as I go kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> that is absolutely brilliant. Right, let me just make sure we've got everything going on here. We have. Um, brilliant. So tell me about, I mean, obviously you're now in the world of food. Um, so tell me about how you got to where you got to now, because it's quite an interesting story, yeah. isn't it? So it all started um, during lockdown. Obviously, everyone had plenty more time on their hands. Um, me and my housemate working from home, our living room just became sleep, eat, repeat in that room, just the office took over. Um, So our little getaway was the kitchen in the evening with a bottle of wine, cooking. Um, And it all started there, really. After a while, we just thought, let's make an Instagram page, post some pictures of our food, see if anyone's interested. And we got some followers, got people asking for recipes, and then people saying, oh, do you you sell food? Can we buy your food? Um, And then it blossomed from there, really. I love that story. Do you know, uh, and again, the whole thing about sort of the pandemic, mm-hmm. for some it's been about opportunity and for mm-hmm. others not, but, you know, it certainly sounds like you grabbed the bull by yeah. the horns there. Yeah, definitely. So what sort of thing were you doing with your, your housemate? What sort of thing were you cooking? That was- All sorts. Um, I think it was winter when it started out, so it was just nice hearty warm meals um like pies lasagnas mm. midweeks roasts because you just had the time yeah <laughs> because yeah. you'd finish work and be like well what should we do now so we'll just be cooking up a storm in the kitchen really oh, it's just you know i told you it was going to make me hungry yeah it's making me hungry <laughs> so you started cooking with your, your housemate you started you know having discussions over a few glasses of wine perhaps yeah. i mean were you taking images of the food then or is that something that just sort of came to you thought hold on actually yeah. we could share this with others yeah definitely I think now and then we snapped a few pictures and thought oh that meal looks good yeah and um, people might like that um then we invested in a in a light to make it the pictures good look idea. a bit nicer um better then it would always be a bit of a laugh we'd sit down for dinner and it'd be like a photo shoot 10 minutes before you could eat and my boyfriend who lives with us would be like oh can I eat yet 
Yeah, I'm really hungry. (laughs) He's like, it's going to go cold. (laughs) Yeah, do you know, actually, I talk about that from a nutritional standpoint. When we're preparing food, we start to get excited about it because we're involved in the smells. Yeah. yeah, So your enzymes start to form. Oh, yeah. You are more than ready to eat that by the time it's cooked. So this process, (laughs) this interruption of having to take a photo of it, it's just not very wanted or desired, is it? No. And the smells must have driven him absolutely mad. Oh, yes, definitely. (laughs) Poor poor chap. Oh, yeah. So, um, So you did that and then you took photos and then you started sharing it um and now you said things like roasts and lasagnas but what sort of food do you focus on now mainly um mexican food so mm-hmm. we've kind of gone down that route yeah, so we started doing taco kits um about spring last year yeah and now i do a taco night once a month in the mole and badger cook and dean brilliant so that's kind of taken off because there's not much of a mexican like offering around mm. here and tacos are just great and it's been a cuisine that I've always loved and would always make it at home um so I'm trying to get it out there because it's not yeah. many people can get that kind of food around here do you know it's really interesting because I um yeah I'm a little bit older than you but <laughs> back in the day um certainly in the town we're in now which is Marlow they did used to be a Mexican and I could oh. never understand how I mean we used to go there with our daughter who's yeah. uh, 17 tomorrow so it gives you an <laughs> idea of how long we've been here but I mean she loved the food in there yeah. you know the diverse range of different sauces mm-hmm. little salsas and there yeah. you know and and rice and chicken and it was just a wonderful place to be great atmosphere and yeah. it's such a shame that that's not there but now we have you yeah which is amazing <laughs> so why Mexican um to be honest it's just always been a food I've enjoyed yeah I think it started when we were traveling mm. I haven't actually been to Mexico <laughs> it's one of the few places. so it sounds a bit it's been on my bucket list for a few years now um yeah. but we did travel South America and I got to try all the fresh seafood and there were little tacos on the beach and it was the first time in Colombia where I actually tried ceviche and it was yeah. ever since then, I was like, oh, this food is just so colourful, so fresh yeah. and fun. Mm. It brings people together. You can make loads of different dishes and you kind of sit around the table and it's all quite handsy. You can put what you want in your wrap. Yes. Make it spicy if you like a bit of spice, which I love. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just a food I really, really enjoy. I love that kind of sharing idea. Mm. You know, I mean, one of the things that... And we're really passionate about is having those foods that you put in the center of the table and kind yeah. of like make your own yeah you know, it's a question I often get asked as a nutritionist how do you get around fussy eating well I say yeah. put people back in control put the food in the center of the table and they can choose and you just said I love spice so yeah. you'd maybe add a bit more spice mm-hmm. than somebody else but you know de- completely up to you what yeah. you do isn't it oh I love that so um tell me a little bit about your pre-pandemic life and how it compares to today because I'm oh, fascinated yeah. by this <laughs> it's very different yeah, um, going from like a nine to five office environment mm. um to now being in a busy kitchen working from home um I do some part-time childminding as well so oh. my world is a lot louder than it used to be from just the standard Monday to Friday office laptop computer kind of vibe what world were you in before so I was marketing yeah um, marketing for a local company um previous to that I've done a few other office office roles I have done quite a lot of event work and hospitality work when I was teenager growing up finding mm. my feet so I'm used to the hospitality kind of industry the kitchen how sometimes it can be a scary place to yeah. go into <laughs> so it's weird now being on that side people coming into the kitchen going hey chef and I'm like 
Oh, oh me. That's, that's me. You're talking to me. I'm like, am I a real chef? Yeah, pinch so, myself. Yeah, I'm still getting too used to the idea of this like new world that I've created. So. It must be quite a chasm between two worlds because, mm. I mean, I've done some hospitality work, but I mean, I know family members that have the hours, the pace of life, yeah. the hours that you're awake, you know, oh, yeah. which is beyond what humans should be awake for um but also <laughs> the customers aren't yeah. always the nicest not always <laughs> no I haven't experienced anything too horrible or uncomfortable yet yeah um, you've been well received so far yeah very well received and we've got a lot of um friends and families with in the area so mm. we've had great support from all of them Brilliant. so but the hours yeah at the start it was long nights every mm. day early starts um but it's something I really enjoy so yeah you don't mind so much mm-hmm. whereas I'm like I'm getting up to do what I love now yeah whereas previously you're kind of like oh do I enjoy this do I want to do something else so I think I finally found my passion and where I want to pursue my career do you think if it hadn't have been for the pandemic you wouldn't have discovered this quite possibly mm. it is crazy to think that yeah something good came out of the pandemic um and it's so nice to see that a lot of other companies and businesses have grown because of this yeah um so yeah I'm not sure if it would have happened if and it, well, was this ever something that you, th- you you know when you were in your corporate role I mean as you say there are local companies so sorry if your employee was thinking about other things daydreaming <laughs> about future plans but yeah had you had this little inkling that this might be what you'd like to do or where you'd like to go or had you never really thought not about really, it really yeah really not really at all um I always was into like events mm. um and I was always into planning and hosting parties we were always the household who would have everyone around for dinner and stuff so there was that aspect of cooking dinner for everyone and I would host it and I'd love having a house full of people but I never thought I'd go more down the cooking route than the event route so yeah, it's really. nice now that I've kind of merged the two and yeah put on supper skills. clubs yeah and oh, I love so supper clubs, tell me about those. When do they occur? Is this the, the, the Mole and Badger type event? Yeah, so yeah. we did our first one, it was October last year, mm-hmm. and that was held at the Mole and Badger in Cookham Dean. And that was like an introduction to House of Tasty. So it was close friends and family, um, some ex-colleagues and stuff. It was nice to come along. And from there... We had to go back online when we went back into another lockdown. So we started doing takeaway meals from home. Mm. And then when we came out of another lockdown, we were like, right, let's brace everyone with our food, get everyone together for another supper club. So our launch we did for the pub in Cookham was in May, just before we took a residency for the summer. So that was probably one of the most exciting events that we've held so far. And then we're having residency there for the summer was so great just to be like immersed yeah. in this kitchen. Like, yeah, we're new here. World. Yeah. Yeah. When we've, we've arrived, I yeah, suppose. Yeah. yeah, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Most young businesses don't have that many challenges that early on. Um, and yet, ironically, the business was formed out of the biggest challenge. Yeah. And then proceeded to have multiple challenges in its early days. Um, what was the sort of in the, you know, in that first year what was the sort of biggest challenge that you had um in setting the business up was it the consistent and persistent lockdowns yeah yeah. getting started thinking of new ideas how we can grow as a business when you're in and out of lockdowns and how you can get food to people how we can attract people obviously through social media but not everyone's on social media so 
but then it's hard to do word of mouth when people aren't out and about on the streets yeah, shout so, from your window yeah, <laughs> get up yeah living in Marlow helps I can just shout to the high street um so it was challenging but mm. once we got the um, opportunity to do supper clubs then the word started to spread through that so yeah I'm I guess grateful for that people People want to try before they buy in it. Not yeah. try before they buy, but they want to taste the food, don't they? Yeah, they, they want, want to, to see the face behind mm. the Instagram, behind the food, and who are these people? And yeah, that's going to be me now. You yeah. know that. <laughs> I, I feel like you know, a bit like when you interview authors and you haven't read the book. I feel like I should have tasted your food, yeah. um, but I, I should have brought some along. <laughs> I? Yeah, that would have been really noisy. Yeah, <laughs> ASMR eat your heart out. Um, so your inspiration for starting this now i know um you know we've spoken previously about you know, travels and and mm. you actually haven't been to mexico but, i know but uh, you have traveled quite extensively mm-hmm. so tell me a little bit about those travels and where you've been and, and what you found when yeah. you got there that you liked so it all started um when i decided to take a gap year um like i said i jumped to university and thought oh, i'm gonna throw myself at the world mm. and i did a year in australia um, went to India, Thailand, so loads of different places, loads of different cuisines, loads of new foods to try. Mm-hmm. At that point, I wasn't a pescatarian, so I was open to trying anything really. And then a few years later, me and my boyfriend went to South America. So that was 2015, no, 2017. Yeah. Um, and it was since then that I went pescatarian. Right. I just think it was a few things I saw, a few things I ate when we were in Colombia and it just changed mm. um, there was so much fresh fish available because you're right on the coast I was like well I'll just eat the fish yeah. and then I definitely thought oh when we come home I'm gonna have my mum's Sunday roast I'm gonna have chicken and lamb and we got back and I just thought oh not not interested in it anymore it didn't bother me I wasn't mm. phased mm. and ever since then I just thought right I'm gonna cut down on meat but yeah. it was just stayed eating fish and mm. make the most of eating vegetables and making my meals really interesting. It is, I think, I find that I've um, family by the sea. When you're by the sea, it is so much easier, isn't it, to yeah. eat fish? And it actually just, it, it's a no-brainer almost. You just yeah. think, well, I'll, I'll eat that, that's there, and yeah. the water's there, so how fresh is it, it's, you know, fresh as it can be. And then when you move inland sometimes, I mean, I find, you know, having lived quite quite far inland in France and, um, and, and certainly here as well, you know, you get that kind of need for, well, I do still, because yeah. I'm not a pescatarian, <laughs> um, you know, for sort of more land-based uh, mm-hmm. food. So when you came back, you were still fish, fish and... yeah veggie and so vegetarian pescatarian mm-hmm. yeah and as time's gone I keep thinking oh will I cut a bit of fish out um usually in the summer months that's when I eat fresh fish mm. and then just naturally as the seasons change into winter you want more hearty like meals that just make you feel warm and cuddly inside so yes absolutely. it's more like big lentil pies and mushroom stews mm. and I guess you can do that well I'm one of my favorite foods is a monkfish curry mm. you know that's quite a sort of hearty affair Ooh, isn't yeah. it? despite the fact it's fish and like you say we sort of almost associate that with lighter dishes and, yeah but a, a monkfish curry is oh yeah that is my go-to when we get a curry definitely love it <laughs> um, so your life has changed dramatically um, from pre-pandemic to now and you have obviously travelled quite extensively in the past. Where would you say is your favourite place to have travelled food-wise um, that you went? Oh, tricky one. Probably 
India or Thailand. Mm. Um, so our first stop was India. So massive culture shock at the time. And trying all the new foods there was incredible. But yeah. obviously you have to be quite careful. <laughs> Which people often say that they tend to eat more vegetarian when yeah. they're there. So did you find that yourself? When I was there, we did try to stick to some vegetarian foods. Mm. In certain areas, um, we would try meats and stuff. And I was lucky enough not to get any any dodgy bellies wow you are really lucky <laughs> we managed to dodge that um but in thailand as well i just loved the street food mm. um the noodles the rice oh it's just delicious and i bet not that expensive either no super mm. cheap it's yeah. incredible the quality of food and the taste and you think god that just cost me nothing and it's served in just like a little paper dish yeah and you're like this is restaurant quality at home you would sit and pay lots for this and now I'm sitting on the side of a street <laughs> and what about so like culturally I mean obviously that's street food so that's one thing mm. but when you've traveled to other countries what have you noticed about the way in which other people eat because often I look at our culture and I think you know whilst we do have what you might call on the street food <laughs> that's when yeah. you might buy the burger the kebab on the way home from the pub um you know what about the sort of actual culture of sitting together is that something you yeah. noted when you were traveling yeah it's really nice it's more of like a family huge environment where everyone just comes together and little pop-up shops with plastic tables and chairs they just put out on the street and it's it's kind of like a big street food party yeah sometimes you wouldn't even notice it was a restaurant it might just be someone's kitchen and they're just serving food out the back and they yeah. just welcome you and it's so welcoming into their home. And, and like, so often the whole family involved by the yeah, sounds of it. kids running around, family. Oh, it was lovely. Yeah, and that's really how the nice. children get to see, isn't it? What, yeah. what to expect. You know, mm. this is how food is created and yeah. this is how actually for some of them they make their living. Yeah, but, they'll always make room for more at the table, whether it's pull up a cushion or you sit on the floor and it's like, it doesn't matter. Everyone's... How it should be. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone just mucks in. It's so nice. I love that. Um, so you love Thailand and you love india where didn't you like is there anywhere that you went that you didn't enjoy food wise you thought oh, that's not for me um nowhere in particular really i guess colombia was tricky when i decided not to eat meat but yes. because we were by the coast it was all the fresh food then we went down into ecuador um so maybe it was a little bit trickier there sorry about that just me having a moment oh, to that's myself right. <laughs> but yeah nowhere too difficult. Nowhere too no. difficult. Yeah, that's that's really interesting because I think most other cultures do find a way to. I mean, I, I know there's always the joke that people would go to um, France and say I'm vegetarian and get served you know, chicken or yeah. Fish. But the, most other cultures, you do find that within there somewhere there's something that you can have, something that you can yeah. enjoy, um, and that's actually really important, isn't it? That you want to eat, not necessarily you want to try new things, mm. but still within the realms of what you're, you know, what you're going to enjoy, like pescatarian, vegetarian. Yeah, et definitely. Cool, right, well let's get a tune um, You might have got a little insight into what that tune is uh, This is Adele, <laughs> this is one of my favourites So here she is um, with one of her latest This was all you, none of it me You put your hands on, on my body and told me mm-hmm. You told me you were ready for the big one For the big jump, I'd be your last love
Hi guys, we're back with you. This is Jenny Tishi and this is uh, Let's Do Lunch. I'm a registered nutritionist, but also an absolute foodie at heart. And this show is all about food and nutrition. And today we are joined by the wonderful Megan from House of Tasty. Now, you are new to this world of food. Yeah. I mean, I say new to the world of food. You've always eaten food, I assume, <laughs> to yeah. get to this stage in your life. Um, but new to the world of actually producing food, catering, running supper clubs. Mm-hmm. Really exciting that your business has been formed as a result on the back of uh, a pandemic, which is wonderful. Um, But tell me a little bit about um, your what you do as a supper club. So tell me a little bit about what your, uh, you know, your, (laughs) what your influences are, how you got to where you got to. Yeah, so it started um, just after the pandemic when we released our first supper club. And we thought it'd be an opportunity to show off to everyone who we are, what we do. Yeah. Um, And our style is more bringing people together and like a big family eating style. Mm -hmm. So we'd serve the same dishes to everyone. You'd get a number of courses and it all just kind of go in the middle of the table. It's an opportunity to bring everyone together, talk, catch up, have a few drinks and the food's there on the table to just bring people together. Um, and you say it's it's mostly, well, it is, it's vegetarian and pescatarian yeah. food, uh, which, again, is something that a lot of people are really, really demanding these days. Yeah. Increasing numbers of people moving to more plant-based eating, want to make mm-hmm. more conscious decisions towards environments. So I'm assuming that's why no meat. But tell me a little bit about that decision to make it pescatarian and vegetarian as a theme I suppose. Yeah so it started just because um, four years ago I became a pescatarian myself not thinking it was going to last and now here we are. So when I started House of Tasty I thought this can be a great platform to show off how exciting pescatarian and vegetarian food can be. It can still be enjoyable without the meat. It can still be colourful and fun. Um, And it's something that I wanted to show to people with recipes that they're easy recipes that you can do at home and you can use meat substitutes to make them just as nutritious and filling without having the meat in there. So you're really celebrating not only the pescatarian element the fish element but also the vegetables that you're using as well yeah. vegetables from all over the world um ever since we've started house tasty i've been using jackfruit mm. and fruits and vegetables that not many people are aware of and showing how you can cook with it and how it can be a great substitute for pork and meat and stuff so if anybody hasn't heard of jackfruit you want to introduce it because i think it's a wonderful alternative yeah, so um jackfruit we use in one of our tacos it's a spicy barbecue um jackfruit taco mm. so imagine pulled pork and to be honest a lot of people when they've tried it have gone no are you sure like, can't be the, the people who are vegetarians gone oh no i think you've given me the pork yeah, yeah. I'm like, no no it's jackfruit so it's that convincible um and a lot of meat eaters who are my friends actually now go for the jackfruit option over the fish tacos on the menu because they enjoy it so much they prefer that mm. yeah it does have that kind of like you say it's the texture it's of a pork, pork or a beef brisket yeah. or something like that this sort of slow cooked but it's jackfruit mm-hmm. yeah which is which again it's uh, i think it's asian is yeah i think it's from origins. south india and mm. asia it's grown yeah, and now we have it here. Yeah. And it's interesting, actually, because I think when it comes, we talked a little bit about sort of food culture today. And I think when we think about the typical British 
fair. Um, one of the first people that I interviewed on this show was a lady called Jen Roach, who's an Australian, grew up in Melbourne in the 1950s. And she was talking about, you know, your typical meal was your, um, your lamb chop and your two vegetables. And one yeah. of those was probably potato. Yeah. You know, and that is still, I think, you know, certainly my grandparents, I remember my grandparents saying, um, you know, pasta was so foreign <laughs> i'm really yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem that way to us no. now jackfruit of course would be something that i never knew about saw growing up but we sort of turn don't we to other cultures to get our influences yeah definitely but for other things i mean you talked about jackfruit but are there any other unusual ingredients that you use that people may not have heard of but that create those great flavors and that you get to celebrate in the food that you prepare um trying to think off my top of my head now but usually different herbs and spices I mm. think thrown into a dish can create such a beautiful taste um so even if you're taking a vegetable that somebody has already heard of like yeah. the humble parsnip or the carrot or the cauliflower yeah by adding those just spices. knowing how to season and spice it I love a bit of spice sometimes mm. told I put a little bit too much on <laughs> so I need to be careful is there such a thing as yeah. too much spice? No. <laughs> but it's just knowing in your spice cupboard oh how can I create great flavors and mm-hmm. turn what someone might go oh that's a boring parsnip or yeah Swede and just making it taste incredible with all these different spices in the cupboard. Yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it? I think the spice cupboard is underrated mm-hmm. um, and we don't always necessarily make the most use of it. And actually, if you look at the sort of spice racks that you can buy in shops, yeah. they're quite limiting, aren't they? Uh, yeah, I don't think, I think everyone's a bit nervous. They go, oh, I don't know what that spice does or what to do with that one. Yeah, or how um, to combine them. Yeah, I what think works well with one another. Yeah, and that's maybe why you get those, um, you know, those spice blends that have already been done for you yeah but even then you just still get the packet get, yeah get <laughs> the throw, packet, it in. throw it in but even then you've got to get the other things around it you know yeah. the salt and the sweet mm-hmm. um correct haven't you in terms yeah, of pairing balance. the flavors with what works mm, i knew this was going to make me hungry mm-hmm. uh that's brilliant okay so um, we talked about um the fact that it's pescatarian and vegetarian not using any meat we talked about being maybe more of an environmental mm-hmm. Uh, perspective on things but as a company um i mean obviously that's very topical at the moment what's going on in glasgow and what are your uh what in what ways are you finding it possible to reduce your carbon footprint are there things that you're doing or able to do um yeah so with um all our packaging so i'm doing takeaway meals at the moment and all the packaging i use is recycled eco-friendly um for example the oven proof dishes i used all made out of compostable sugarcane pulp oh wow which is great um some of the stuff you can wash and reuse if you can't it can all be recycled again so i do make sure it's amazing all of our packaging is eco-friendly so the sugarcane packaging what do you do with it after you've used it you can just put it in compost or yeah you could put it in compost um Sometimes it comes with a liner, which you can take out and reuse. You can wash. It depends after it's been put in the oven a few times. Um, you might need to throw it away, but it's great. You can use it again and again. So that's the sort of thing you can actually, so you can get the food and you can reheat it in that container. Yeah. And then you can consume it and then put the um, the packaging. That's that's fantastic. Is there anything else that you're doing? So you've got your packaging, which is um, environmentally friendly and uh, in some cases recyclable. Is there anything else that you're doing in that area? So um, I'm trying to reach out to the local area and deliver more food to the locals around here. Yes. Because um, I live in Marlow myself, I will either walk by foot to deliver food because I've got lots of customers around here. But I've also recently joined um, Cook My Grub. So they support home-cooked chefs and they deliver your food to 
um, the homes for you. Yeah. So by doing that now, it's I guess it's one car down just dropping off food yeah. around the local area and then I will deliver by foot if it's possible closer to home. Yeah, Cook My Grub is actually um, it's, it's growing, isn't it, rapidly? Yeah. I mean, I think it started in the sort of Maidenhead and Slough areas. Mm-hmm. It's grown into Reading and Marlow. Yes, and they're doing amazing. There's new chefs like weekly at the moment. So and such great. a variety of different things. Massive variety from all cuisines. It's yeah. great. So we can have Mexican from you one yeah. night and we could have Indian, a curry. Yeah, yeah. from someone else. Love Chinese, um, Indonesian, I think I've seen on there. And it's all really sorts. very much stuff that's cooked from the heart, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I think that's the difference. It's not a big restaurant cooking it. No, it's, that's the thing. It's all come. It's all made with love. That's yeah. what I like to say. It's made with love, and it's gone from our home to your home. And you can really tell, I think, by the packaging and the food itself. It just is not batch cooked yeah. from, or it's not something frozen you've picked up from the supermarket. It's all fresh um, ingredients. Oh, that's brilliant. I, I just, uh, I'm now. I've got sort of this sort of feeling in my mouth of a sort of fish taco um combined with great spices mm-hmm. and lovely seasoning I, i'm just salivating here <laughs> i need to get to the end of this and i know what i'm having for lunch yeah. <laughs> um so tell me um to what extent do the seasons influence what you cook i mean you mentioned earlier on about as you move into winter you feel like you personally want more sort of comfort based has it changed the menu that you provide yeah definitely um in the summertime it's always fresh fish big hearty salads barbecues um kind of finger food and as the months change everyone's palate does the food does and everyone wants that food that's just going to give you a cuddle inside and make you feel warm and people want kind of heavier meals I guess um so it's more like pies homemade soups lasagnas so I use a lot of lentils mushrooms as my substitute for me at this time of year I love that because it gives you that, like you said, was it a comfort? A, hug? a, a cuddle in a your cuddle. belly, yeah. <laughs> it is a cuddle. But things like um, dolls and, you know, mm. sort of lentil-based foods can be really, really warming and comforting. Um, do you, so you use lentils, do you use like other pulses um, for uh, the protein, the sort of vegetarian proteins? Yeah, can... um, all sorts of pulses, beans, chickpeas. Yeah, they lend themselves really well, yeah. don't they, to sort of Mexican-style mm. food. And then you still do your fish throughout the Yeah, we the still do fish as well um Mm. so the tacos you can get a cod option or a prawn option um i do a nice fish pie as well um and like you're saying earlier monkfish curry that's always a good one yeah and what Mm. about vegetables and things are you using um sort of root vegetables that are sort of more in season yeah so at the moment obviously we've just had halloween um and i love to make a pumpkin soup afterwards um i think a few people might turn their nose up at it but honestly it's delicious yeah pumpkin is amazing and mm. there's such a variety i think we just think of the big orange ones that we associate with halloween yeah, but there but are so many different sorts. types you've got the green ones the white ones also, yeah. we went actually um pumpkin picking at copas farm this year oh did you and it, i even saw like pumpkins i'd never seen before so actually i need to get around to cooking some this week <laughs> yes i've got some actually in my in my fridge at home we had um we get a delivery box of the vegetables that yeah. supermarkets can't take or won't take or whatever because they're not the right size or they're too ugly yeah so we got this white pumpkin this week in our box and i just did that with some um some cinnamon some nutmeg some cloves very light on the nutmeg, mm. nutmeg and cloves a little bit of um coconut sugar oh lovely a little bit of oil yeah. um but again texturally it, i mean it's just divine it's that melt in the mouth 
yeah. isn't it? And it's so sweet so and So nice. Hearty. And you could do so many things. You can roast it in the oven or, like say, you can blitz it into a soup. So mm. And the seeds, apparently. Yeah. I, I see people doing it. I never do it. Well, I think I've done it once. I don't think, it, because they don't look like the seeds that no. you get in the shop. I it, think it's it quite fiddly and it will take some time. But if you've got the time, Worth you can doing. use every bit of the pumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> so lots of lovely seasonal food. I think this is making it even more appealing. So um, who typically is your client? I mean, you've talked about the supper clubs that you run um who typically would buy from you i mean other than me sitting opposite yeah. you who wants to buy from you right now i guess mostly families young parents mm. um i think we're quite approachable to families who are busy and on the go and don't have time to cook or come up with a new meal every night of the week so yeah. At the moment, we're running Hots Home Meals, so available Wednesdays, Thursdays and Fridays. Hots being House of Tasties. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I read that. I was like, oh, yeah. That sounds... Oh, you mean that? Yes, an acronym. Yeah, yeah. I know. We didn't even realise. I think it was a friend that pointed it out. Um, they were like, House of Tasty? Hot? <gasps> Hots Meals. And wow. Like, oh, we love it. It's We've great. nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I call it Hots Meals, and each week we do a different different dish. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it's just great for families who don't have time to cook and I can drop it off to your door and you whack it in the oven and it's good to go. You don't have to think about it or what are we going to cook every night of the week. So that's becoming very popular, I think, with the mums or yeah. young couples who are busy or travelling in and out of the city. So, mm. And it's a bit of a treat, isn't it? I think mm. one of the things that's happened is when you look at the housing market, you know, increasingly yeah. people that don't now need to be in the office have moved slightly further outside of London. And I think what that allows people is the opportunity to have what they might have had if they'd gone out for a meal in London or even, you know, had everything on their doorstep yeah. in London. To have what they really want of an evening, you know, right out um, here right in the sticks. Yeah. <laughs> and in the comfort of your own home. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's great, isn't yeah. it? I mean, like you say, you know, the Mexican side of things, it's just been lacking in this area mm-hmm. for so long. And to actually have that as an option is wonderful. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. So um, let's uh, go a little bit further back. I- I'm really interested in, I mean, obviously you've had an interest in food for some time. It didn't just happen. I mean, it did just happen that you yeah. became involved <laughs> in the world of catering, but there was something brewing there. Tell me a little bit about your childhood and your food memories from your childhood um so growing up as a kid um in my house no one was really the chef Mm -hmm. um I'd say my mum did most of the cooking my dad had his certain dishes and we would just meal time would be such a family time in our house like literally the door was always open um so we'd always have a family member or a friend from school and it was always a time you have to sit down at the dinner table We'd never take our dinner to our room or sit at the sofa. So coming together and eating has always been a big thing of mine. And I think I'll always carry on with my future family and Mm. when I have friends around. Um, So mum was the chef most nights of the week, um, but nothing like special nothing like whoa <laughs> mum's a chef I'm gonna be a chef just yeah. your ordinary cooking home-cooked meals so things like um the bog standard meal was always a chicken casserole okay so that's now that's not what I would eat <laughs> and I remember it would be mum's go-to and after a while I'd just be like oh chicken casserole again, again. <laughs> and you're like, be like well then for yourself you have to cook your own food and back then I'd be like no I don't like cooking mm-hmm. I don't want to do the cooking yeah so it didn't stem from a background of families of chefs it just kind of 
grew as I got older, I think. But you obviously have good memories of an eating and food. Yeah, you know, it, it was it's a always a good time. Like dinner time was always a nice time in our household. Um, and we'd talk about our day and if mum burnt something in the oven because she left it in there too long. She's not best friends with the timer, so she'd forget to put that and walk away. So I think I've learned as I've got older that... From my mum's mistakes in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that, mum. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. It's important though, isn't it, that you do yeah. have these role models. And I love to hear as well, you know, it's again something that's changed over the course of generations is that it's now no longer considered the mother's role to cook. No, yeah. You know, and it's wonderful that we do have lots of female chefs as well as female cooks, and mm-hmm. we have lots of male chefs as well as male cooks at the home environment as well as in the professional environment. Yeah. Definitely. You know, so nice to hear that your dad cooked. I'm interested what his signature dishes yeah so he's he's good at a curry yeah he makes a good curry um it's nice when I go back home now me and my dad always get into the kitchen together and we go oh we'll we'll, we'll cook the dinner tonight um but it's funny when I'll go around for dinner I always end up cooking anyway so it's like I don't get a night off yeah yeah of course they expect it of <laughs> yeah, you yeah. now I'm like oh mum dad I'm coming around for dinner and then I'll get there and end up cooking dinner for them, <laughs> which I don't mind. But it's it's still nice because it's a chance to get together. And... Yeah, no, that's wonderful. Right, well, let's just take a, a moment. We're just going to have a little li- listen to Amy Winehouse. Well, sometimes I go out.
River Radio of the Thames Valley. Hi, welcome back to Let's Do Lunch with me, Jenny Tishi. I'm a registered nutritionist and this show is all about food and nutrition. And today we're joined by Megan from House of Tasty, which is a very new um, pandemic inspired catering company that is both pescatarian and vegetarian and specializes in predominantly Mexican food, but also just creates the most wonderful flavors. I highly recommend you check out their Instagram. We'll talk about that in a moment. <laughs> but um, Megan, welcome back. Hello. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about the most exciting event you've ever catered for. Okay, so we haven't been lucky enough to cater for any top celebs as of yet. yet. <laughs> but I'm hoping with um, the celebs we've got in the area, hopefully one day we'll catch their eye. Um, but it'd probably be um, our own supper club, to be honest. That was the most exciting, nerve-wracking and emotional, <laughs> I all in one bubble. Um when we launched in May this year. So let, just let me get this straight. You went from starting a business during the first lockdown to doing your first supper club. Was it just over a year later? Is just, that about yeah, the right timing? Just over, yeah. That is incredible. Yeah. I think there's a round of applause in there for that. <laughs> that is you. phenomenal. It so. was a very emotional evening. I remember during service... Everyone was like, you're going to be okay, don't be nervous, blah, blah, blah. And you're kind of so busy, you don't have a chance to think about it. And then when we finished, I was crying. I was so, like, emotionally happy, relieved that the night was over in a way. Nothing had gone wrong. And just, like, in shock that we were doing this, that... After a pandemic, I'm running a kitchen with a restaurant full of people serving them my food. And yeah, it was very emotional. Um, It goes to show what can be achieved with the right mindset. I mean, that is absolutely phenomenal. Just over a year from really, it wasn't even a concept at that stage. It was just, oh, we really enjoy this. Yeah, an idea, a spare of the moment. Oh, should we try this out? Post a few pictures on Instagram. And then we're suddenly in a restaurant serving people our food. We were just pictures and now they're in front of everyone and it's actually people eating real people real eating our food, food. Yeah. oh my gosh and it's and it's almost like that validation isn't it that you know we really enjoy it and, and we've so, shown pictures and other people enjoy the pictures of it but now they're sitting here and it's not just about the food what sounds to me like you've created this great kind of ambiance around the food yeah. and the environment that people are eating in um so that was the first one that you did the first supper club that you did there yes. and then you pr- proceeded to do other supper so clubs there after our supper 
club, it was kind of an introduction um, and a launch night of what people could expect from the summer. So throughout the summer, we were lucky enough to have residency at the Karma Sanctum Mole and Badger, which is in Cookham Dean. Yeah. So from then, we went on doing different nights of the week, weekends, events, and serving our food there throughout the summertime. That's brilliant. And will you be doing any more there? Yeah, so we've narrowed it down now. We do a taco night once a month um, along with a quiz night. So you can find us every last Friday. Writing this down. (laughs) Every last Friday. Last Friday of the month is taco and quiz night. Right, okay. Um, So... The quiz is actually hosted um, by my boyfriend and some friends. Oh. So it's a massive family community. Um, one of my other friends does music and I'm cooking food in the kitchen. So That's it's great. <laughs> so everyone is connected. Everyone's in. Yeah. It also means that no one's twiddling their thumbs. Whilst, no, uh, everyone's busy. Oh yeah, I've given everyone a roll. <laughs> that, that, that sounds great. So it's the, every last Friday of the month is a taco and a quiz night. Yes. Brilliant. I'll talk about the timings of that in a moment. Um, so those are the most exciting exciting things that you catered for but what about um on the menu what is your favorite dish um so on our taco menu it's got to be the jackfruit taco mm, it's got to be wonderful jackfruit or the fish it'd be tuna okay so we've just brought on towards the end of summer um a seared tuna taco and that's been pretty popular recently oh, talk so, me yeah. through the jackfruit taco if you can yeah so jackfruit we do a spiced barbecue jackfruit taco um so it's kind of the meat substitute of pulled pork you could mm-hmm. say and it's become really hot for the ones who eat meat they're mm. like wow this is really good um it's probably the spiciest one on the menu as well which i think catches people by surprise um especially it gives you a tingle in the mouth it's that hot but nothing a few glasses of margarita can't cool down yeah 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 great combination and then how is it served is it served with things yeah so we do it with a um coriander mayo so it's a bit of cooling sauce i do a carrot and cabbage slaw and then pomegranate and mango on top to give that nice crunch sweet spicy flavor so proper layering texturing it's all about the layers and then wrapped up to be just and so that's a really important thing and again i think this comes back to this you know vegetables can be boring or vegetables are an accompaniment Mm. here we are celebrating vegetables and fruit oh yeah to its absolute max and we're doing it by like you say four different kind of elements to this Mm -hmm. dish this is not just a vegetable dish. This is like, you know, a sensation, explosion yeah. of flavour on the tongue, yeah. isn't it, by the sounds of it? And then, so people have uh, margaritas alongside. That that sort of got my interest. Oh, I know yeah. I'm a nutritionist, but I do like it. Yeah, Mexican night. I mean, you've got, to have, you've got to have margaritas, haven't you? It just goes hand in hand. It's <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, the tuna, is that seasonal or do you carry on doing that throughout? Um, it might come off the menu, um, mm. but it's just so popular at the moment. Um, I was asking so, for me. I'd yeah. like to pretend I was asking no, that I think No, well, I think we'll keep it on there for a while. Um, but we might change things up um, when we do a Christmas special. So I'm just coming up with a few ideas at the moment. How exciting. So in terms of the future, what do you see? I mean, this has been a whirlwind tour for you, yeah, hasn't it? From I know. concept through to... Well, it was enjoying something through to concept through to fruition in less than just about sort of 12 18 yeah, months i would have never imagined being where i am now <laughs> so do you have a business ago. plan now that- um kind of <laughs> what does it look like i've got ideas and dreams um mm. so i just need to make them happen uh ideally i'd love to have a food truck by next summer i'd love to ah. travel around my own taco truck i think um around here 
that's definitely what we need. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, if I could get a taco truck by next summer, go around to festivals, Mm -hmm. street parties, and then hopefully the big dream, one day having my own little cafe. Love that, love that. Do you know, I listened to um, a podcast yesterday with Eddie Jones, the um, England rugby uh, coach. He was saying that if you aim for something that you think is almost impossible, yeah. I'm not suggesting a cafe is, but I love this an- analogy. So you aim for something that's almost impossible, then you build the possibles. Mm. So you keep on achieving these these possibles along the way to the impossible. And do you know what? The impossible becomes possible. Yeah. And it sounds to me like you've got that almost, yeah. almost laid out there. I know. Well, like, I hope so. Yeah. yeah. She's definitely going in the right direction. Yeah. And that would be the long-term dream for sure, to serving from coffee to Bloody Marys on the weekend and then supper clubs in the evening where we can just bring people together over live music or book clubs and stuff. Ah, do you know what? Your passion just exudes. It's wonderful. <laughs> okay, so um, we're going to move to our quick fire questions now. And there's one okay. that I actually, I, I have sent you some of these before, but I haven't sent you one that I'm going to ask you uh, anyway. Oh. So I'm going to fire that one in. But the first one is your death row meal. What would it be? Chili con carne. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it, with sh- what instead of the meat? Um, so nice mushroom chili mm. um, with a side of loaded nachos. Wow, for sure, and a <laughs> bottle of red wine. <laughs> of course, <laughs> got to go with that yeah. depth of flavour. Um, your favourite chef? Who is it? Uh, I think Ella Mills, deliciously Ella. Yeah, she's, she's great. great. Yeah, yeah. She's, have you met her? I haven't. No. Oh. Um, hopefully one day (laughs) yeah no she's she's really lovely and I mean she's somebody that has turned a passion into Mm. a business and now product as well I know I just I love what she's done it's Mm. it's brilliant and also she's somebody that you know has taken it seriously in the sense that she's built this business but I love the fact that she was so interested in nutrition she's getting asked lots of questions she goes right well I'll go and study nutrition then Mm. yeah it's wonderful isn't it um so which is the restaurant that you like to eat at most so one you've already eaten at but you really quite enjoy it Oh, um, oh, not I love all uh, probably Italian restaurants. Yeah. I think, yeah, not anyone in particular, but I just all love Italian. going out for an Italian <laughs> or a curry is my go-to. So mm. round here we've got Malik's, that's definitely a go-to. Yeah, or an Italian night out. Oh, can't, can't beat it. Beat it no. Yeah, and is there somewhere that you would like to eat that you haven't been yet? So Deliciously Ella's just opened a new restaurant called Plants. I did not know that. Yeah, and that is on my list. I just can't get a booking. Where Whereabouts is it? So I think it's Mayfair. Okay. Um, not far from Bond Street, I saw. So okay. I just can't seem to get a booking at the no. moment. And it's really upsetting. <laughs> Have you tried the Do You Know Who I Am line? <laughs> no, yeah, I might do. <laughs> right, the one I haven't, haven't given you yet and I'm going to throw at you. Your fantasy dinner party, if you had to invite people. Oh, wow. Who would you invite to your fantasy dinner party and why? So it would have to be Deliciously Ella, yes. of course. <laughs> She's got three mentions already. Yep. We love um, her. Gino. Oh, yes. Gino, I just think he would bring so many laughs to the table. Um, Holly, Holly mm, Willoughby. Yeah. She'd be brilliant. And. I guess she comes hand in hand with Phil as yes, well. Yes, of course, yeah. And Michael McIntyre. Yeah. Uh, as a comedian, I just, I love his work. It's so good. And you know what? I absolutely love his work. And he, I've been to see him and he is hilariously yeah. funny. Oh, I've never had a chance to see him yet. So. He's, he's brilliant. Yeah. And he's the, probably the most um, family friendly, let's say, of all yeah. the comedians without all the extra You swirls. can just relate to everything he says. You're just like, oh, yeah, I've done that. 
It was oh. when you were mentioning the spices, and I think one of his best yeah. uh, sketches is about the five spices oh, that gets the left five. in the drawer. Yeah. Which is absolutely brilliant. And if you haven't seen that, people listening in, you should go and have a look. Definitely. Um, you know, it's really interesting. He's also had more than one mention in this question as an answer to this question. So ah. clearly he is a great dinner yeah. guest, or at least we think he's going to be a great dinner guest. Um, so this has been absolutely brilliant talking to you. I've learned so much. Um, firstly, I need to order some of your food. Um, and certainly a fish taco has got my name on oh, it. Yes, so I'm going to be ordering uh, some of those um and if people want to find out more about you where do they go so best to either contact us through social media Mm -hmm. or if we don't have social media email so it's house of tasty marlow at gmail.com okay and what are your social media handles whereabouts can people find you Um, at house of tasty marlow on facebook and instagram Okay, House of Tasty Marlow. And to order food, um, the best way is just download the Cook My Grub app and you can see on there when my food's available each week and what dishes we've got for you guys. Okay, now that sounds wonderful. What's your most popular dish that people order? So the tacos have always been popular. Um, Mm -hmm. The moment I've done a fish pie, that's Mm -hmm. a really popular one, or the vegetarian lentil pie, that's a good one as well. And do you cater for, um, again, just asking for a friend, um, do you cater <laughs> for, um, you know, dairy-free or gluten-free yeah. or anything like that? Yeah, I can do. Um, so especially with some foods, if it does contain dairy or gluten, I'll try to do an alternative as well. Um, so we can. Yeah, yeah no, that. that's that's really good because I'm somebody that can't have gluten and I can't have sesame. So okay, yeah, slightly frustrating things to try and avoid in a in a menu. Uh, do you know it's been absolutely brilliant to talk to you. Um, is there anything else that you think people should know about you, about what you do, um, and or before we go, we haven't got long left. Um, I'd just love to invite everyone to come down and try out our taco and quiz night. So remember the last Friday of every month at the Karma Sanctum Mole and Badger. And do people need to book that in advance? I would suggest booking yeah every month we're fully booked which is great that's amazing yeah so call the restaurant or message us directly or send us an email um maximum teams of six and yeah bring bring the brainy friends down bring the brainy friends so um, cash and booze prizes to be won oh really (laughs) as well prizes (laughs) we love some prizes that gets the competitive spirits flowing it's wonderful um so that's that's great so people can find you on social media they can find you on cook my grub which is the app that they can order the food through Mm -hmm. um but watch out because this time next year there'll be a food truck with house of tasty going around and uh, people can then order from from you directly (laughs) and what can people expect from the house of tasty truck what sort of food would you like to do there i think that's going to be the mexican truck for sure yeah yeah all sorts of different mexican flavors and spices so we, have. we can't go on holiday but we can i can bring mexico truck. to you for sure <laughs> and where would you like to be would it be on the high street or would it be yeah i mean if it's possible on the high street um in the park yeah yeah go to some festivals in the summer it'd be great Oh, that's fantastic. Well, thank you, Megan, from House of Tasty, House of Tasty Marlow, I should say. If you want to find out more about her, please do go um, onto the social media handles that we provided, House of, at House of Tasty Marlow on Instagram. Talked about the app, um, but, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's lunchtime. This has been <laughs> Let's Do Lunch with me, Jenny Tishi. This is a show all about food and nutrition. If you want to have more information on food and nutrition, if you want to follow this show then please do so on apple or spotify or wherever you download your podcasts normally there's lots of different guests we've had already from food photographers through to olympic athletes and last week we had on the sleep geek and coming up we've also got people talking about the relationship between grief and nutrition 
We've got someone coming on who's a professional cyclist who's got type 1 diabetes coming on in December. We've got small business owners and uh, next week we have Claire from Amaze, Claire's Amaze Balls, so another local business um, providing great food in the area. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening and I will see you this time next week. Windsor, Windsor. Ascot, Ascot, Maidenhead, Maidenhead. Bracknell, Bracknell. Wokingham, Wokingham, Henley, Henley. Reading. Reading. Okay, Ta-da. The voice. River Radio. Of the Thames Valley. This hit that ice cold. Michelle fight for that white coat. This one for them hood girls. Them good girls. Straight masterpiece. Silent, wildin', living it up in the city. Got Chuck song with Saint Laurent. Gotta kiss myself, it's so pretty. I'm too hot. Hot damn. Call the police and the firemen. I'm too hot. Hot damn. Make the dragon wanna retire, man. I'm too hot. Say my name, you know who I am. I'm too hot. Hot damn. And I'm bad about that money. Break it down. Girls hitch, hallelujah. Girls hitch, hallelujah. Cause uptown funk won't give it to you. Cause uptown funk won't give it to you. Saturday night, we in the spot. Don't believe me, just watch. Wait a minute, fill my cup, put some liquor in it, take a sip, sign the check, 